With hindsight, it's safe to say that Mel Tucker was one of the most overrated coaches in the Big Ten, and that his coordinators and assistant staff was also one of the most overrated in the Big Ten. Scotty Hazelton, Jay Johnson, Mel Tucker, Michigan State fan and famous Detroit radio host Mike Fellini puts it perfectly. They were all grifters. I and many Michigan State fans were deceived by the 2021 campaign that featured an awesome running back in Mel Tucker and good quarterback play with Peyton Thorne, in part helped by great wide receiver play from Jaden Reed, Jalen Naylor, and Trey Mosley, and a defense that mattered with Simeon Barrow, Jacob Slade, Jacob Panashuk, and Cal Halliday. But as more of those pieces from the 2021 campaign either fell out of eligibility or went to the NFL, it became pretty clear that the coaching staff and the football program in East Lansing more so resembled a circus than a functioning program. I think that has totally changed here within the span of a few months. I think that Michigan State has a top 10 coaching staff in the country right now. You heard me right. Not just the Big Ten, but I think nationally, whether it's Jonathan Smith as the head coach, whether it's Brian Lindgren as the offensive coordinator, Joe Rossi as the defensive coordinator, Courtney Hawkins as the wide receivers coach, whomever. I think that taking all of these into account, don't want to forget Mike McDonald for head strength and conditioning coach either, the Michigan State Spartans have a top 10 staff in all of college football entering 2024. Welcome back, fellow football fanatics. It's your host, College Football with Sam. Welcome back, Spartan fans. It's been a minute since we've talked about Michigan State, but now that the 2023 season is over, we're heading into full speed into the 2024 preseason. So if you want more preseason content for Michigan State, Big Ten, or college football content in general, please click that like button, hit the subscribe button, make sure to touch your finger on that notification bell as well, or click it with your mouse if you're watching on a computer just so you can get notified when I release more college football, Big Ten football, or Michigan State football content. Comment who you think the best assistant coach or coordinator hire was for the Spartans. I think that Jonathan Smith was an elite get for the Spartans. I think there was no question about that. And the fact that he could bring most of his staff over is, in my mind, impressive because that Oregon State team was both last year when they were focused and when Smith was engaged and in 2022 and even at times in 2021 that Oregon State team was physical they were very tactical and I just think Jonathan Smith and his staff are wise experienced disciplined coaches and I think that Michigan State and really in general any team that needs a rebuilder that wants to play championship football on a consistent basis needs that. And you did not have that in 2023 or 2022 or heck, really 2021 and 2022 with Michigan State. Before I get any further, I know I'm really deep into this, but if you want to support the channel, please check out my Patreon page via the link in the description or the pinned comment. 
or you can get a very comfortable Michigan State Spartan-themed college football with Sam t-shirt by buying it from my merchandise store, again, via the link in the description or below the pinned comment in the comment section. Michigan State was not disciplined under Mel Tucker, even in 2021. I forget the exact numbers, but Michigan State was one of the worst teams in the Big Ten in penalties in 2021. You know, the team that went 11-2, and that beat Michigan, that if they beat Purdue— Still lost to Ohio State by a million points, but with that 11-1 and record, if they just beat Purdue, would have been an intriguing three-way tie between Michigan State, Michigan, and Ohio State, and that's something I'll actually look into just for the fun of it, but Michigan State could have won out in that three-way tie, depending on the combined, rec- the combined conference record of their conference schedule, because that's how tiebreakers go. And that's how they're still going to go, even with the removal of divisions. But in a team that was so good in so many ways, so good, in fact, that they were one or two changed games away from being in Indianapolis, a team that featured Kenneth Walker, a team that had a good passer in Peyton Thorne that was his best year of his career by a mile, that had Jaden Reed, Naylor, Mosley, Hayward at tight end, a competent O-line, In my mind, an elite or near-elite defensive line, great linebacker core, secondary and penalties were areas where there was just no discipline. And there were some cracks there, and Scotty Hazleton got a lot of flack, and rightfully so, but it was a good season. And 2020 was 2020. But with hindsight, in retrospect, like I mentioned to open this video, now that we know what we know about Mel Tucker, now that we've witnessed his staff operate in 22 and 23 without an X-Factor player, where you have to—you can't let him work magic. You have to be the one working the magic. You have to scheme it, for example, or take, for example, Michigan. After Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo left in 2021, Michigan could no longer rely on their players to just get pressure. They had to scheme pressure. X-Factor players can hide weaknesses and wrinkles in teams, and that's what Kenneth Walker did. And even in 2020, when you could write off that year, the seven turnovers against Rutgers, getting blown out by Spencer Petras, in 2021 and 22 and 23, the secondary being bad for three straight years in a row, the tunnel incident in 2022 is an example of lack of discipline. That's what it was, and a team that was just up and down and up and down. I don't think that's going to be the case for Michigan State anymore. And I went in detail there in the past, sorry if that took a while, just to show, I think, the fact that these staffs are not parallel to each other. They're perpendicular. They are. They are not heading whatsoever in the same direction. Michigan State staff for the previous four seasons was plateauing, or they were driving the team straight down into the dirt. I mean, last year there was a reason why I was higher on Michigan State than most. They had underrated talent, and we saw that at times. But the staff, nor the strength and conditioning program, no one on that staff, no one off the field did anyone on the field any favors. And that changes. Michigan State is bringing in, obviously, Jonathan Smith, 
and Brian Lindgren. They're not bringing in the defensive coordinator from Oregon State, Trent Bray. Instead, they're bringing in former Minnesota defensive coordinator, Joe Rossi. But this staff from Oregon State in 2023, a big chunk of it is coming to East Lansing. Blue Adams coming to coach the safeties um, on offensive line. You have one of the best O-line coaches, I think, in the country coming on over. And at tight end, you have Brian Wozniak, who's coached Jack Velling, who's transferring into Michigan State, and coached a couple of NFL tight ends as well. Very impressive. Jim Malchizik is the offensive line coach, was the run game coordinator and associate head coach at Oregon State. There, and then Mike McDonald coming in strength and conditioning. I think all of those coaches are top 10 in their respective categories. I mean, Oregon State being able to run the ball the way that they have the development necessary. Oregon State's not top 50 in 24-7 sports team talent composite. They don't have a lot, if any, blue chip players. Aiden Childs was their highest rated player last season. He's transferring to likely be Michigan State's starting quarterback. And yet, they were competitive in most of their games. They were in it against Washington, who went 14-1. and They would have played better against Oregon had Jonathan Smith not already made the decision to disengage and start engaging with Michigan State. The Washington State loss, again, close. They beat Utah before all types of injuries really began to bear down on the Utes. That was before the linebacker, um, I forget his name for Utah, but star linebacker got hurt. Anyway. The Spartans, with this staff, I think, are set to rise, to rebuild, and I think the players are going to benefit here. Just some brief thoughts. I've already touched on these in the past 5-10 minutes, but I want to go through, go more in-depth, and also look at some of Oregon State's past seasons, because Jonathan Smith is bringing his Oregon State system to Michigan State. Make no mistake about it. Smith is more of an offensive guy anyway. This team, I think, while having a strong defense, is going to be offensively oriented. But the strength and conditioning portion of football is so underrated. People rarely talk about it. Even the the best of the talking heads, the best of the analysts, rarely talk about strength and conditioning because it's it's kind of masked by the coordinator's and buy what you see on the field. We forget that this isn't just a summer, fall, winter project. Football, that is. This is a year-long project, not just for the coaches, recruiting, NIL, roster, game planning, the fact that their minds are always on the game because they're passionate about it and because they're getting paid millions of dollars. Just like in the NFL, or just like in individual players, they have to train all year. They have to keep on tabs with nutrition, with film study, with technique. A lot of that goes into strength and conditioning. It is important. I mean, look look at Michigan, school down the road in Ann Arbor. And I bring up Michigan in a lot of my videos now because they're the standard in the Big Ten. The Big Ten runs through Ann Arbor. It no longer runs through Columbus. And that is evidenced by the 2021 and 2022 beatdowns 
and the fact that Michigan in 2023, with Ohio State having once again public backing, once again having momentum, and Ohio State being with their head coach, Michigan not being with their head coach, and Michigan beat them still, and Michigan overall controlled that game. Michigan won the national title and was the best team in all of college football this season by a pretty sizable margin, I think, because of their strength and conditioning staff, because Ben Herbert is the best of the best in that category nationally. Well, the good news for Michigan State is Mike McDonald, former Oregon State strength and conditioning coach and Michigan State strength and conditioning coach. Now, he's a beast. I mean, what he's done at Oregon State, you go all the way back to 2021, they have had top 60 scoring defenses year in, year out. Now, that may not sound super impressive, but the Pac-12 is not a defensive conference. In 2021, Jonathan Smith was still building the program up. In fact, in 2021, he had to fire his former defensive coordinator, Tim Tebasar, and hire Trent Bray, who was promoted from an interim position to the full-time D.C. spot after the 2021 season. The defenses were good by Pac-12 standards. They were all about attacking, blitzing Oregon State in 2022, in fact, had a defense that was top 20 in scoring, 16th, only allowed 20 points per game. And offensively, Oregon State rushed for 214.3 yards per game in 2021, 196.5 yards per game in 2022, and in 2023, 167.1 yards per game. And they passed for 242 yards in 2023, 199 in 2022, and 216 in 2021. And in 2023, with DJ Uyunglele and Aiden Childs and and Silas Bolden, Gould, and Velling at tight end, Oregon State did have a good to it, sometimes great, passing offense. I think that Silas Bolden to Texas, I think he'll be probably their best receiver. Yes, that's factoring in they have Isaiah Bond, but Bolden is awesome. And Michigan State getting Velling is huge. But these players being developed from three stars or being unranked, and the fact that Oregon State's been a very physical team who can run the ball, pound the ball, move defenses at will, that relates to strength and conditioning right there. I think that Michigan State's getting a near elite to elite strength and conditioning program. And I think that you will see the dividends, not all of them, because it takes time to build a program, but you will see some immediate results, I think, in the fall. On offense, Jonathan Smith by himself is an offensive wizard. Also, Mike McDonald was an assistant strength and conditioning coach for Washington, when they made their playoff run with Chris Peterson in 2016, when Smith was the OC. So the staff has chemistry. Much of this staff for Oregon State has been together longer than just their time at Oregon State, like the example with Mike McDonald and Jonathan Smith previously coaching together at Washington and working together. Um, And bringing over, should be bringing, not bringing, over his offensive coordinator, Offensive line coach and tight end coach will produce results fast on offense. Now, by fast, I don't mean that the offense will be up to 100% A-plus Jonathan Smith standards in year one, but 
you will see improvement. Because under Mel Tucker, with the grand exception of 2021, which again, did not even field a top 30 scoring offense, it was barely top 40, 31.8 points per game, which is 39th in the country, with not even a top 10 strength of schedule. In 2020, didn't even score 20 points per game, 117th in the country. In 2022, they scored 24.4 points per game. That's 92nd in the country. In 2023, the Michigan State Spartans offense, led by Jay Johnson, scored 15.9 points per game, 131st out of 133 teams. That is a worse scoring offense, an inferior scoring offense to Iowa, to Nebraska, to any team in the Big Ten West, or I think any team in the Big Ten period amen even worse than Indiana I mean it was a disaster offense in part because I think they had honestly one of the toughest or the toughest schedule in the country according to ESPN and sportsreference.com it was not the toughest schedule in the country but Washington and Michigan both made it to the national championship game I think Ohio State if not for their opt-outs and for being demoralized after that Michigan game, I think in the regular season they were the second-best team in the country, and Penn State was top 10 as well. The Big Ten just really imploded in their bowl games. It was disrespectful to the conference. Thankfully, Michigan and Maryland, Rutgers, and Northwestern, and almost Wisconsin made up for that. But the offense last year for Michigan State was terrible. I think the offense will be much better In fact, there is, I think, a realistic shot that the Michigan State offense in 2023 scores double of what they did per game in compared to 2023, so in 2024. That'd be around or just slightly above 30 points per game. I think that there's a realistic shot at that. Now, Oregon State likes to use clock. We know the new clock rules have reduced the length of games, but the offense will be much more efficient, is my point. And finally, defensively, Joe Rossi's coming in from Minnesota. He has a track record of developing linebackers well, and he's coached great defenses at Minnesota. Defenses that were top 10 in 2021 and 2022 in scoring, in yards allowed per game, I believe in defensive points per play as well. The defense last year was atrocious, but I think that had to do with them being mentally broken after the Northwestern game, injuries, the fact that you had Tyler Newbin, you had Jaw Joyner, you had Jack Henderson, Justin Wally, and you had some other players, but then you had massive gaping holes from the lack of production in coming from the 2022 season as well. It was a very up-and-down type of defense, uncharacteristic of a Joe Rossi defense. I think Michigan State, in terms of progress, will progress the slowest on the defensive front just because Smith's more oriented towards offense and the defense and the defensive staff has less familiarity with how Jonathan Smith wants to run his system. The good news is Rossi is a great defensive coordinator in my mind. The defense will see improvements. And the defense was the stronger unit compared to the offense in both 2022 and 2023, where the defense in 2023 was at least top 90, and the same in 2022 
in points allowed per game while the offense resided out of the top 90. Or in the case of 2023, they were a bottom three defense, bottom three scoring offense, which is just absolutely insane. And Simeon Barrow withdrew his name from the transfer portal. Same with Derek Harmon. Same with Charles Brantley. So there are going to be some returning starters that come back on the defensive side of the ball. And Derek Harmon and Simeon Barrow are great. I also saw that, I I forget who it was, if it was Chris Bogle, Zion Young, or it was one of the defensive ends, he's coming back. It's Chris Bogle. Yeah, Chris Bogle withdrew his name from the transfer portal on January 5th of 2024. But why does this top 10 staff matter outside of the obvious? outside of the fact that in the long run, this is going to pay dividends. And in the short term, this will pay some broad dividends. But let's get more specific than that. It's clear that Mel Tucker and his staff just wrecked this team in 2022 and 2023. That's as bright as day. And many Michigan State players have entered the portal, including Caton Hauser, Sam Leavitt, and Noah Kim, who... Caton Hauser went to East Carolina, Noah Kim went to Coastal Carolina, and Sam Leavitt went to Arizona State, which makes sense because Sam Leavitt at the end of the year looks like the quarterback with the highest ceiling. Being the youngest quarterback, he has the most room to develop out of the two, so it makes sense that he would actually go to a Power 5 school. But Arizona State is still nothing special, really. And as a result of this, of the fact that looking at the 17 outgoing transfers, Tunmisi Adelaide, he's gone, has no destination yet. Malik Carr is transferring to Houston, who hired former Tulane head coach, the former Tulane head coach, who had really good back-to-back seasons. Evan Morris, tight end, he's transferring to UCF. Tyrell Henry's transferring to Wisconsin. Zion Young is going to Missouri. Kevin Wigington is transferring to Illinois. So there are MSU players who are transferring to Power 5 schools. Um, Keyshawn Blackstock's going to Arkansas. Spencer Brown is going to Oklahoma, which I think kind of shows some of the desperation Oklahoma has on their offensive line. But there's a rebuild, a big rebuild, and a lack of depth right now for Michigan State. And this team entering 2024... I'm not saying they have the ceiling to win the Big Ten. They don't. They're not going to reach the playoff without a miracle. But there is a wide range of outcomes. This team could suck, just like last year's team, because of the rebuild process. Or I think they could be a fringe top 25 team. I really do. There's a wide range of outcomes here, depending on how Smith and McDonald and Rossi and Lindgren move the pieces on the chessboard and what pieces they bring in to fill the chessboard through the transfer portal. And they brought in three Oregon State players, Aiden Childs, Jack Velling, and all Pac-12 offensive lineman Tanner Miller. They're coming in, and I think that Velling and Miller, that doesn't just help with the pass game, that also helps in the run game. Childs is a mobile quarterback. He could be, and this is factoring in Drew Aller coming back and getting elite coaching from Andy Kotelnicki. This is factoring in Will Howard coming into Ohio State. 
And Will Howard, Bill O'Brien, I don't think he's a great offensive coordinator. In fact, I think he's a pretty poor offensive coordinator. I do think he is a, a decent, good, above-average quarterback developer, though. This is factoring in a lot of different things. And you have Miller Moss, likely starting at USC. I think Jed Fish will conjure up a good quarterback at Washington. Dylan Gabriel at Oregon. Ethan Garbers at UCLA. And Michigan, whether they hit in the portal or the rumors about Jaden Denegal being a very improved player are true. You you have a lot you have a, a lot of talent now, especially adding in the Pac-12 schools at quarterback in the Big Ten. Aiden Childs could be the best Big Ten quarterback if he's given a decent supporting cast, decent protection. I know that combining an improved offensive line also with Nathan Carter at running back will do great things. And that's I don't know. Michigan State's just intriguing. And I think the top 10 staff makes them more intriguing and gives a lot more optimism than if this was a staff that just pulled off from a bunch of group of five schools across the country, for example. And they're adding eight transfers with those three former Oregon State players. That's a total of 11 transfers. These are more so focusing on depth at skill position and defense. For example, T.J. Sheffield coming in from Purdue to be a wide receiver. Luke Newman, Holy Cross offensive tackle. A Quindarius Dunnigan coming in from Middle Tennessee State as an edge. Tommy Schuster will provide quarterback depth transferring in from North Dakota so that, you know, if something happens to Aiden Childs, hopefully nothing does, but injuries are a part of the game. Schuster's a reliable, experienced quarterback. Wayne Matthews III and Jordan Turner coming in from Old Dominion and Wisconsin at linebacker, and Daquan Deuce coming in, or maybe it's Douse, hopefully I pronounced that name right, coming in from Georgia Tech at defensive line. So that really means defensive tackle, because defensive line really just means defensive tackle or nose tackle now, or maybe a strong side, more run-stop defensive end, and edge is just pass rusher, whether it's from defensive end or a pass rusher from more of a linebacker position. I think that Michigan State's doing a good job in the transfer portal. I think Michigan State and their staff will do well with what they have on deck, which isn't much, but there are some pieces. Again, Simeon Barrow and Derek Harmon and Jalen Thompson and Jordan Hall and Dylan Tatum, Jaden Mangum. And many of these players who have stayed, and I think the staff will do well with. Or there's not a lot on offense. See, it's very intriguing because the depth was very thin ending the season. There were a lot of outgoing transfers. Oh, Brennan Parashek at tight end being developed by Jonathan Smith and his offensive staff. Oh, he'll become a weapon. And then... Nathan Carter, Jaron Mangum announced his return at running back. There's just a lot to be intrigued by, a lot to be excited by. If you are a Spartan fan and you have nerves, that's understandable. Michigan State's schedule starts off easy with Florida Atlantic at home August 31st. Then they travel to Maryland for a conference game September 7th. They have a bye, then travel to Boston College September 21st. And they host Ohio State September 28th. So... In the month of September, road conference game facing Ohio State, 
October opens up with a road game at or- the Oregon Ducks, October 5th. There's a bye week the 12th. Iowa, October 19th at home. Michigan on the road, October 26th. Indiana at home, November 2nd. Bye week the 9th. At Illinois, November 16th. Hosting Purdue, November 23rd. And closing off the year hosting Rutgers, November 30th. That means there is going to be another game scheduled. I just think Michigan State removed one of their games from one of their non-conference games from the 2024 slate. It looks like they removed Louisiana, or maybe Louisiana removed them. They'll, they'll get that rescheduled very quickly. That will, again, be an easier game. Patience is needed, but this staff is elite, and I think that will speed up the rebuild. So in the short term, I think the results will be better than expected. I do think it's likely Michigan State exceeds expectations in 2024, Now, we don't know what those expectations exactly are until the polls come out and the talking heads, you know, get more in-depth and start paying attention to other schools who aren't inside of the top 10, which Michigan State is not. But I think it's likely they'll exceed expectations in 2024, and I do think that Jonathan Smith will chase championships in East Lansing. Thank you all so much for watching this video. Make sure to subscribe to my Patreon if you want to support the channel. Thanks to Crash2488 for being a Heisman patron and sponsoring this video. Thanks to Spencer Bringhurst for being an All-American patron and sponsoring this video. And thanks to Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Chris Lane, Austin Christmas, and Zubin Zah for being All-Conference patrons and sponsoring this video. Make sure to follow the channel if you're listening on Spotify, and please subscribe and hit the notification bell if you're listening on YouTube. Have a great day, guys, and I will see you soon. Bye-bye.